everyone this is saloni and welcome to unheard with saloni a podcast where inspiration meets practical advice from the most brilliant and successful women in nepal and outside there are many times i wonder how do you think other women are doing things i have all these questions or these moments at work in life where i needed advice and i thought others might be feeling the same so that's what i'm bringing to you with this show each week i get these answers by talking to the smartest women i know and share it with you my guest today is shivani nupani you can find her on twitter and instagram at shivani nupani shivani is a political analyst and an author of two novels her first book monica pieces of perfect was written when she was just 22 and is also the first book by a Nepali writer to be published in Arabic. She has appeared on Al Jazeera, BBC, RT, among other news outlets for her political opinions. Shivani has eight years of experience in the private sector in Nepal, where she was a director at Ambe Group, where she was involved in the instant noodles business. She then went to launch her own financial technology company, Lendain, that was acquired recently. in early 2022 she was also a board member of usef that awards fulbright scholarships in nepal and the curator of the global shape of kathmandu hub from 2018 to 2019 she is presently working on a third novel and runs a podcast at hamro patra titled safalta ani sangharsha that documents stories of the nepali diaspora If you enjoy listening to my podcast, I would highly recommend you to check out Shivani's podcast at Hamro Patra. Thank you Shivani for being on the line with me. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me Saloni. Before I jump into my first question that I ask everyone, I learned of a new word today, right? Multipotentialite. And the first oh. person I could think of was you. right oh. so i just uh, wanted to know if you were at a cocktail party in new york and you meet someone new and that person asks you what do you do uh, what do you say you know <laughs> that's a very interesting question saloni because uh, before i would try and fit in all of the things i had done but these days i kind of just look and i like read the person a little bit and depending on who they are i'll say whatever is of interest to them so for example if that person looks like a like an artist i'll be like i'm a writer which i am <laughs> if that person is a businessman and you know is running multiple businesses or a businesswoman i would be like yeah i i used to be an entrepreneur and i'm still you know um i'm thinking about doing business in the us in the future as well so that's how that's how i begin my introductions usually i do not say uh, talk about everything that i've been involved in like right now you just said so author uh, yes. entrepreneur all right you're writing your next novel um, yeah. so managing so much right in the us managing your home career mm-hmm. everything how do you do it like how do you start your day um so uh, i'm a bit traditional in how i start my day i usually uh, i mean i try and wake up early but i'm not a morning person um uh, but i whenever i do i wake up i shower and then i do uh, a puja so i i actually I wash my gods. I, I, you know, I, I clear the tables. I, and then I do like a small, small prayer ritual, and that's how I start my day um, every single day. And uh, do you think that spirituality has helped you 
in any significant way or like how does it all um, fit in well you know it's it's uh, yes it has i mean spirituality is something that has been very close to me um and it has helped me find meaning in many years of my life where i felt lost or where i was felt confused and i in fact spirituality has spirituality has been a very very important part of my life so um you know i at one point when i was in nepal for a couple of years i read about like every book on spirituality that i could find um it doesn't have to be specific to like hinduism but um uh, just spirituality in general um i would read everything i could find and um i really explored this space i think in a way where a lot of my peers have not <laughs> um um and and you know and i was always i've i've always really questioned uh, like why we believe what we believe like what is the what is the meaning of like maybe idol worship why we go to temples and these things have come you know after like and i found answers to them after a lot of reading and um and embedded in that is my practice of uh, worship every morning um where i where i mostly just thank god or whoever for like what something that right that's been going on in my life that day that moment or that time shivani you are an author then a journalist which is a very different profession compared to a business owner with lendin how did that happen um so uh, saloni i mean i i i guess you and i know i i come from a business background so my father is a businessman i mean my, my entire family my uncles everyone's a businessman so the ami group is is my father's business and um i joined the business after i finished my masters um uh but uh, you know this writing thing i when so the first time i wanted to really become a writer was uh i think it was fourth grade ratu bangla when they uh, Uh, when helen keller was in our syllabus um so when i read this book this autobiography by helen keller uh this was like this i think she was like 13 like 13 year old girl writing this um book about like uh, the nazi occupation it was uh, you know i was like if she can write a book i can write a book i don't think i really understood uh, uh what uh, the world war 2 was all about or not any of that at that point but um the fact that there was this young girl who had written a book and here we were like like decades later reading it in our classrooms that was like mind blowing to me and that's when i just i was like i think i want to be a writer you know um and i just kind of kept at it i think i tried to write my first book at like fourth grade after that and then like i tried one at ninth and then i tried one at tenth and you know like i just like kept pushing because it was something i just really wanted to do um and by the time i was 20 um i had finished uh, like monica um and uh, monica was a book honestly written in a dare like my brother and i were watching the world cup and he was and i was really bored i don't like sports very much so i was just sitting there bored out of my mind and while working on this uh, you know this like story while he was watching tv and he said you know i might i'll cut my year year if you if you if you ever finish it but he really said like, that <laughs> he really said that like he was like you know just didn't. but he also knew like for me like he he does this often he knows that sort of like my when when i get triggered i i i deliver right so like so he was a, he was triggering me in a way where i would deliver but he really did not believe that i would finish it and i did um and um monica in fact had this incredible reception when it was released i think it might have it might still be the number one best selling 
um, book written in English by a Nepali writer uh, because we sold 10,000 copies uh, then, mm -hmm. which, which apparently, which I did not know this till much later when uh, in, my, in my late 20s when I had met an editor-in-chief of a uh, English newspaper who said those numbers are unheard of in Nepal in sales and I said really and he said yeah you might probably be a best-selling writer and I said I did not know that <laughs> so you know how um so the that was uh so that's how Monica was written it it was it was extremely extremely popular among young adults at that time um it's it's not my work of art it's not the best piece of writing i've done obviously because i was also very young and i, I still find a lot of errors i when i look at it now uh, but it was very well received but after that i um so i wrote monica when i came back from my undergrad uh, i finished my i did my uh, undergraduate in ithaca college in upstate new york um, i studied uh, english literature and political science um, and um, after I graduated, I'd come home, and I think that's when I, I wrote the book, or that's when I published the book. One of those things. I, it's been so long; it's been more than a decade, so mm -hmm. um, uh, I forget. Um, and then, yeah, I came back to Nepal. I published a book, and I, like you said earlier, I, I worked in news. I, 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 I. So the reason I worked in news was I knew I wanted to pursue something along the lines of writing and journalism. Um, it was something I'd been passionate about forever. And then my dream school was um, uh, Columbia Journalism School, which is in New York. So, and I knew that, I mean, if I had to, if I wanted to go to Columbia, I'd have to set myself apart. And like the few work samples that produced by writing in magazines here and there and freelancing were, might not cut it, which is, why, which is how I like really went for a news reading um, uh, position. You know, I, uh, I, I auditioned, I, you know, I, I, I did the screen tests, et cetera, et cetera. And I did that for about a year. Um, that was really, really a lot of fun. It's really fun to be on television. If anybody who's listening to this is considering it, it's the most <laughs> it's, scary it's like, thing. I'm sure, like making videos is scary, and yeah. you're like, <laughs> no, I mean, um, you do have a teleprompter where you read the news, right? So it's not that bad. Um, but you also do have to write the news on your own, unless you are a very famous celebrity. <laughs> some, some nobody is going to sit there and write the news yeah. for you. So. Um, so yeah, that that happened, and then after that, I did get into my dream school. I went to Columbia Journalism. Um, I started did my masters there. I worked there for a year, um, and after I worked there, uh, I worked there in my on my OPT, uh, which is like this one year visa. The uh, uh, what America gives you after you study to build like a career for yourself. Um, but after that, my parents were very like adamant that I come back home because there was so much work that was happening at home. And, um, you know, the, the, the potential uh, for Nepal was endless. I still think the potential in Nepal is endless. Um, so I did, I came back home um, and I joined uh, my father uh, uh, in business. Um, and um, the first couple of years of like the first two years of business was probably me doing nothing. I was just sitting in the office trying to figure out what is going on, like from a English literature and political science degree to, you know, learning about like things like LCs and like, uh, you know, bank commissions and like uh, all of these like uh, different different things like how like the market works and, you know, uh, the supply and demand chain and all of those things. I, I needed a good two years to really understand what was going on. 
and um, and that time I was sort of helping my uh, dad in like multiple, like kind of just shadowing him in multiple businesses, seeing what it was all about. And then I decided, uh, you know, I, I realized like I really wanted to do something on my own. Like I was, I was at that point working in an instant noodle company. And, you know, my dad was also very like, if you want to do something on your own, like, like absolutely go for it. But he was so, you know, he's, he's a businessman. So like no idea is good enough for him. So I remember this one point like in my life where I was just pitching, pitching at him, like, like, Baba, what do you think about this? Like, Baba, what do you think about that? Like, and then it would have been, it was like hundreds, hundreds of ideas. So every day after work, I would like, we'd be sitting in the living room, maybe like drinking green tea or something. And I would just like throw ideas at him and it would take him like, you know, like shark tank, like it would take yeah. him like a minute to shut it down. He'd be like market size, so-and-so competition, blah, blah, blah. He'd be like, nah, you're not going to do it. This is not going to work. And he would like, and he would shut it down with logic, not because, you know, and so it took him a really long time where, when I said, okay, what about a fintech? Like, I really want to, want to, I think fintech has a lot of potential. Nepal's, you know, we are all adapting to like uh, this like whole digital like uh, ecosystem and here are my numbers. So I actually did my research, like, you know, this, this, is, the, this is the internet penetration rates and this is what's happening. This is how fast it's growing. Um, look, this is the market competition. This is how much, how well they have done. What do you think about this? And he said, Hmm. Okay. I see potential. I see. Okay. This, this, this could be something that could work, but, but what about the numbers? Like, you know, how much is it going to cost? Like, so when we first basically did the, when I first, the basic numbers, I spoke to a few friends of mine, mine of like of my co-founder, uh, Tushar Neopane. So that's, I, I, I knew this, Tushar Dai was in this tech space. I knew nothing about the tech space. So um, I, he's, he's not, a, not a relative. We share the same last name, but he was somebody who was pretty popular in this tech space. And I reached out to him and I said, um, uh, so this is, this is what I'm thinking about. Like, what do you think? And he said, it's a fantastic idea. Can I be on board? And you know, that's how we ended up becoming my um, uh, co-founder uh, at Linden. So yeah, Linden was a beautiful journey. We did it for about, um, I think I spent like three or four years building that company from scratch, uh, working on getting the licenses, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I would have continued to run it if I hadn't got married and come to the US. Um, uh, so that happened in the middle of the pandemic, uh, you know, so, and then my mother ran it for a little while. She ran it for a whole year after which we started to get actually multiple, multiple people were interested in either mergers or partnerships and so and so. Um, and uh, Hammer Pather came along and they were our like, uh, uh, you know, uh, best bet. And we, I, we were all very excited about them. Um, uh, and uh, that's how the, uh, they, they basically acquired us. So that's how the acquisition took place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the acquisition. Uh, just to understand a little more though, do you think you were always interested in, you know, wanting to do something new and doing a venture? Or do you think it is, you know, just because of, you know, the whole business family and pushing you on, oh, you need to do something. That was the reason, you know, like constantly pitching ideas. 
no, no. My parents never. So the thing is, my parents never pushed me to really do business. They were like, they wanted me to come back and see how things were. I think they wanted me to be closer to them, but they were never like adamant about like, this is what you have to do. It, I, it's, it's like this deep running, like even here, like if like I might go, to, you should, you should see the way I, my friends are like, what are you going to do? Are you going to do everything? Like every time I'm like, oh, look at that business. That guy must be doing really well. Oh, look at that business. That seems like a good business. It's a business. I think it just runs in my blood. Like I've just grown up like seeing business like be, being seeing business being discussed at home like day in and out that I don't know anything else that I like it's it's just it's just what I know like from the and I'm sure it's very similar for you Saloni yeah. like you also grew up in a business business right. house so like yeah. you know you just grow up hearing about business 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 where you just start to see everything from a lens of like I that's what I do here as well yeah. uh, so you know, I'll be like, oh, I wonder, you know, like what that, what the revenue of that gas station might be. Like, it's this random thing that no other run person will think about, but I will think about. Yeah. So, um, so no, it's it's this passion that I have. It's. I think from, I can from, totally relate to that, but you know, that's the reason I called you a multi potentialite because you know <laughs> I can think about like business and you know revenues and things like that, but yeah. uh, writing and creativity and you and you know, but you're also doing all of those, which is great. I think it just it merged right to start yeah. doing a startup was it was a very it was a very very creative thing that we had done um linden was like a social payment system with its own marketplace it's closed now but it required a lot of creative thinking uh, so we had so i there was so much thinking so much like you know like creative energy that went into that product and i think that comes from a writing background that comes from a really creative background um but also i my father's a businessman, but he's a fantastic poet, Saloni. Like, yeah, I know he'd never mm. pro, he's never really published anything, or yeah, I don't think he would want to, but you know, that, that, this like sort of like creative, like writing potential, I think it also kind of comes from my father a little bit. You know, you spent quite some time even shadowing your father, right? Uh, and at uh, multiple points of time, right? Like, there have probably been opportunities, but you've also like made the most out of it, worked so hard. But um, have you felt this imposter syndrome and do you still feel it at times? And how do you tackle it? Like, how do you navigate your way through this feeling? Uh-huh. So um, I, have, I have an imposter syndrome in calling myself a writer. And I also have an imposter syndrome in calling myself a businesswoman. I have it for both. Like, um, so just because I was born into a business family like that, and even though writing is something I did on my own, like I feel like an imposter in both these professions. Um, the way I've navigated, you know, the, 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 like even learning when I first learned about this thing called the imposter syndrome, I think it was only like a couple of years ago and just learning that there was such a thing. And that's what I was feeling was already like sort of validated. Oh, okay. Maybe like, maybe I do deserve to call myself a writer. Maybe I do deserve to call myself an entrepreneur. Like this is a thing like women do. Like this is a thing that a lot of women do. They feel like imposters all the time. Right. Yeah. So, um, that sort of has validated my existence in this in these professions a lot. Um, but the way um, I deal with it is, I guess, just push at push myself to get better. Like every single day, I just push. Like as a writer, I just don't feel like I'm good enough or most of the time, right? So every day, I just push myself to become a better writer, so I can. I can feel like one day, like I, I want to be like, yeah, I'm a writer. And I, I can feel like, I'm, you know, I'm like very proud to call myself a writer. Like I, I, I want to get to that position. And I think like 
only hard work is going to get me there. So I just keep working hard and that's how I deal with it. So you were also talking about, you know, how you've been so passionate about things, right? And going after it, like you wanted to go to, you know, journalism school and uh, because of that. But just in general, how do you balance your career, passions, family, Mm -hmm. all of it together, right? And is there a thing such as balance for you? And the reason I'm asking you is because in, at least till when you were in Kathmandu, we all know you were everywhere and doing a <laughs> fabulous job everywhere. How do you do it? Oh, Saloni, I mean, I know you do it as well. I'm not the only one who does it, but it is, it is, it is, I mean, first it's exhausting, right? <laughs> like it, it is, it's a very exhausting process. And uh, I think as I get older, I realize that it's okay to say no, like sometimes, like, um, uh, but I guess your question was, how do I manage to do everything? Yeah. And um, if balance, you know, what is that balance for you now? Yeah, I think when I was a little, when I was like, like even like four, four years younger, I think I had more energy where I was able to like get up, get ready, go to work, you know, from work to parties, parties to events, events to back home, dinner, sleep, exercise, like do the whole grind all over again. But these days I've learned to take it a little slower. Um I think it's not easy. Like, it, it, you know, yeah, I mean, I could, I could tell you there's some like secret formula to managing everything, but it, there, it often comes at a cost of like your own well-being and your own rest. Um, and I wouldn't advise that. I've also realized that the world still goes on and things still continue even when you're slow. Um, and one of the greatest gifts of being slower since coming to the U.S. has been I have been able to focus more on my writing. So I have learned to shift my priorities by being less social and focus more on my goals, such as writing and choose less. So I nowadays, like if like, I do not want to go to like five parties a day. So I, 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 I just even here when the social scene starts to like build up a little too much, I cut down, I say no. no this is too much like you know like I could spend my life doing this I'm not going to do this I need to sit for like four to five hours and I need to write so so yeah balance is about I think prioritizing prioritizing Mm -hmm. and prioritizing Um, you can choose to do everything and be extremely exhausted or you can choose to do less and I guess do more quality work which is where what i'm trying to do right now but yes i'm also still trying and learning so i do not have all of these answers set in writing for you <laughs> so you know you said slowing down has helped you with getting a lot of writing done looking good forward writing. yeah good writing <laughs> looking forward to the new book soon uh, but um, also what does it mean for you personally in terms of like slowing down for me time and mm-hmm. what you like to do in that you know me time my me time is reading when I'm not writing so I'm just um so I truly enjoy reading and writing so you know it's not something that feels like work at all to me um and I also truly enjoy learning so for me reading is all about learning and these days I've discovered audiobooks so even when I'm doing mindless tasks at home like you know chopping a fruit or chopping a vegetable or whatever it is of making some tea I have my audiobook on um so that is my me time that's like sitting that's just me learning something you know and and sometimes it's painting as well I I truly I really enjoy painting although I I mean I still I still don't spend as much time as I would like to with painting but that's something that just 
takes my mind off things as well. Uh, is there any investment you've made recently in terms of time or money that you feel has helped you personally or professionally? So I, I just, I think I've, I've made it pretty clear in this podcast that my priority right now is writing, right? So uh, the investment that I have made recently uh, is probably traveling. So the way I structure my week, Saloni, is... Uh, so there's a week where I sit at home. This is the week where I sit at home and I, you know, really like grind. I sit in front of a computer. I write, I read, I podcast. I have my own podcast. You know this, right? So I do all of these multiple things um, in this week. And then the next week where, which is actually when my husband's husband is off, I, uh, he has like a week on and a week off in his works, uh, work uh, week. So uh, that's when we travel extensively. So travel has been a fantastic investment for my writing. Um, so just earlier, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. We were at this like very like funky barber shop in the middle of like rural Pennsylvania. And you know, the barber shop had stickers everywhere and like random signs and superhero like figurines and um, you know, motorist books and uh, the things about Harley Davidson's and just skeletons uh with hearts like christmas ornaments like you know the, it was it was this crazy crazy place with a tattoo parlor at the back right mm -hmm. and i sat there completely dazzled and wondering like which one of my characters is going to visit this space so that's the sort of like investment traveling has uh does like you know it, it provides me inspiration for my writings um because i could sit in a house sit in a room and uh try to replicate the outside world but it will never be as great as a first-hand account of the outside world so traveling is that's what it does for me then that's how i see it as an investment yeah i haven't even been to the place and you just described it so beautifully that I can actually visualize it right in front of me. Oh, I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shwani, one question which I like to ask all my guests is, you know, if there was one Nepali woman uh, in Nepal or outside who most people haven't heard of, but you're really inspired by? Well, this is a woman that you and I both know. <laughs> um, her name is Sneeraj Bhandari. Um, so uh, Sne Diju is was also the past curator of the Global Shaper Kathmandu Hub. Uh, uh, in fact, Saloni and I are also now past curators of the Global Shapers Kathmandu Hub. Uh, I am still the one. You're I think I have another current, three months okay, to go. The current curator. Okay, sorry, yeah. Saloni. I thought um, uh, so. The new curators have been selected, but you are still yeah. the current curator. Um, and um, so Snedeju, I um, um, so Snedeju was actually my senior in school um, when I was very little, but I did not really know her then. Um, we were also neighbors. Um, uh, we both lived in um, uh, I don't Thapatali, and we were I'd see her like uh, car go in front of mine when we went to school, you know. Um, and uh, I really got to know her when I became a global shaper. So she is extraordinary in her education, in her achievements. Um, and most of all, the reason I'm so inspired by her is because of her humility and the way she puts other women in the forefront. Like 
you might be in a room with uh, Snedeju and she might be the most qualified person there, but you will never know it because she's not somebody who's loud about it. She She's extremely humble, very humane, very kind. Um, I mean, we were, you and I both know her and we also know uh, you guys were actually in a podcast together recently uh, yeah. and I'd listened as well. Um, um, so, and I'm just, I'm just truly, truly inspired by the person she is and how much she has achieved, but how quiet and how wonderful she is about all of that and how she always pushes other women to shine. Um, often, not just sharing her spotlight, but giving her spotlight, spotlight away to other people to shine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, I think she's just, she's just absolutely wonderful. I'm very lucky to call her my friend as well. Yeah. I think I totally agree with you and uh, we're all really looking forward to having her soon on Yay. Unheard with Saloni as well. Um, I am excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Shivani, for being on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Just, I think, more than doing a podcast, it feels like just catching up on, you know, questions that we normally sometimes don't discuss. Right. Um, but um any last words before we wrap up? Any advice to the next generation of women leaders from Nepal? I mean, I don't think, I honestly don't think I'm in a position to give <laughs> such uh, advice to women leaders. Um, uh, but I do hope that uh, each one of us shines in our own um, uh, professions, in our own careers, so we can all become role models for the future generation of uh, women. Because I think even one role model really, really matters. Um, so um, yeah, so I just hope all the women listening to this, you're chasing your pa- passions and you know, really growing in your fields because um, yeah, your successes are going to be you know, really important for the future generation of this country. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week. If you liked it, please don't forget to subscribe on the platform you like listening to your podcasts on. And also please share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening as well. If you want to tell me your story, have any questions you want answered, or let me know about a fellow Nepali woman doing amazing things, write to me at unheardwithsaloni at gmail.com. Would love to connect. I am Saloni. And you have been listening to Unheard with Saloni.